Hey, Rolly Raviolis. This episode of Quid Pro Roll is sponsored by Alchemy RPG. If you know me at all, you know there's nothing I hate more than getting staked in the heart. A close second, though, is my strong aversion to running TTRPGs in anything but theater of the mind. Did I know Alchemy RPG is the world's first virtual tabletop built specifically for cinematic immersion and theater of the mind gameplay? Did I know they have a unique scene-based structure and dynamic audio integration so I can put my own art, music, and sound right into my player's eyes and ear holes? And if I'm crazy, I can seamlessly switch between animated environments and, I guess, battle maps? I, I, I did know these things, yes. Surprise! But now you do too. Honestly, one of the coolest parts about Alchemy RPG is their bonkers catalog of indie tabletop partners and how much content you get just by clicking the link in the show notes and signing up for your 14-day trial. Oh no, the ribeye bandits. I gotta run, bye. Hey listener, it's me, Zero Time All-Star Trevor May from MCA Media, the ultimate destination for discussions about tech, gaming, content creation, and everything in between. I just wanted to pop in and let you know two very important things. One, you smell incredible today. Two, the May Contain Action Network now has an ever-expanding catalog of great shows, like the D&D-centric Forgotten Pass, Goblins and Growlers, and Quid Pro Roll, or the phenomenal Fortnite podcast Invaulted, hosted by Squatting Dog. Give them a listen, level up your podcast game, and have some fun. Shows are linked in the show notes. Look, guys, I was maybe about to make a really funny joke about the episode we're about to record. I can't remember that joke is, but if you guys could just give me the reaction, like as if you just heard something really funny. And then when I think of what I was going to say later, I can just say it. Gabe can cut it back into like where it was supposed to be. And then we'll still have the laughter. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh, uh, Chapman. This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Well, howdy, listeners. Welcome to the Daily Crier Listening Show, where all the news and variant and beyond can make its way right to you. Now, last time the party was investigating the Lich's study, they find some journals and read through them, seeing there were notes about Eek and uh, passages calling him the Silver Flame. Soon after, they find a hidden room beneath the carpet with a single slipper and some treats, which also eventually leads that lich to finding the party and sending an automaton to attack them. After a obtuse battle, the party breaks the machine and is greeted by the demon lich fellow themselves. Not too much else to report on that one. So, I'll leave you with that. And as always, y'all take care. So, the gentleman that stands before you was clearly once a tiefling. His skin is a little bit more on the, you know, dried corpsey side as he is now decidedly a lich but he's still dressed well and holds himself with a bit of a refined air his hands are folded behind his back as he leans forward regarding the damage you have done to his automaton so with all this uh, how can I help you uh we we didn't really mean to you know get get into your your personal biz. We heard there was a dark wizard in a moving tower that was teaching kobolds how to become dragons so that they could terrorize local townsfolk. And we... So, some of those things are correct. Some of those things are, um, fanciful. Wait, well, uh, I mean, Solonart, like, looks at Spritz 
and then back at the demon lich guy. I, I'm just, you know, so we thought maybe we would come in here and ask for that to stop being the case, you know, politely. But then nobody was here, so we just kept, like, going deeper and deeper. You continued on the breaking and entering. Well, you know how it is when you're an adventurer. Like, uh, you once once you're in a place, you, you go as far as you can go or until there aren't any more answers to be found. Hmm. Quite. So, some of that is correct. I have been teaching kobolds magic. Uh, turning into dragons is a new one. I don't even know how to do that myself. Well, uh, as it as it turns out, uh, we are familiar with one of your other students as well. Wait, you? Oh, wait. Yeah, oh. he didn't just teach spritz. He also taught eek. It seems. You know eek. We oh. traveled with eek for a little while. Oh, we know eek. I I don't know eek. Koza does not know Eek. Uh, I'm Solinar. We should, we should introduce ourselves, oh. guys. Oh, I, I, I'm Koza, and I really appreciate your 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 fungal collection. Why, thank you. That's very kind. I actually spent quite some time cultivating it. It it really shows. Oh, you're too kind. I'm Charles. My I'm, name. Go ahead. Oh no, no, you please. I'm Charles Barnes. My name is Johannes. And I really, I really had fun talking to your lady in the lake. Ah, yes. <laughs> Not terribly sentient, but remarkably helpful. My name is Bernard. But what? I knew it. So Astrid is going to kind of like in a spectral like way, like what she thinks she's doing is pushing Koza and Solinar out of her way so that she can see. But what she ends up doing is walking through them, which is sort of a weird, <laughs> then, cold so, feeling. It, so it just looks like she's doing the thriller dance. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. She, she waves her arms through both of their torsos. Yes. You're what? The two of them just stare at each other for a minute. Hey, listen, do you do you guys like need a minute? Oh, I, um, how did what? He's going to kind of like look at you guys and then look back at her and then look at you guys and then look back at her. That's right, we're breaking, we're in, uh, trespassing, and we also harbored a fugitive. <laughs> uh, I don't think Solinar would have resheathed attention post-robot fight. So, I guess he, like, changes his, his hold so that the pommel is facing up instead of down. The stone. It worked. Then. Uh, I had seen a vision of me putting this stone in the pommel of my sword, and then I did. And I learned much later that Astrid had now become part of my sword. He's gonna walk over to his desk and sit down, kind of holding his forehead and staring at all of you in disbelief. Explains the lichdom, then, yes. You're not dead? I thought you were dead. He said you were dead. And she's going to point at Solinar. I mean, I thought you were dead. Well, after a manner of speaking, I sort of am. Um, that would explain why. One of the requirements of Lichdom is lots of dead people. We had that. The transference of a soul into an item for a phylactery. Apparently it doesn't have to be mine. That explains a lot, then. I never thought I was going to see you again. I thought he had you. Well, yeah, I did. 
Not you, he's talking about the demon that has my soul contract. Oh, right, you're a warlock. I forget about that sometimes. I've been using my magic powers to help you with the sword for, like, ever. Yeah, well, and you have been speaking Infernal frequently in here. I don't know, you just don't, you don't behave like a lot of warlocks, I know. What did you expect me to do, kill a baby in front of you? Maybe. Maybe run over a grandma with a cart? Oh, that yep. definitely. Poison That's a like, well! Yep, yep. All classic warlock behavior. <laughs> I... Can can you guys give us a minute? Or, uh, like, ten? Yeah, I... Sure. Just gonna, like, Is bury the sword in the floor. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, Solonar sets attention down on the table... And then leaves the room. I imagine that the jewel in the sword is like R2-D2 projecting Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really, but I think that's a delightful. Uh, I was hoping idea. you were saying that's not really far off from what's actually going on. No, the, 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 the soul glows and she just sort of appears while also glowing. So it's more of a forced ghost scenario. Actually, yes. Mm. Imagine a forced ghost and you've more or less got it. Okay. I can accept forced, that. Forced ghost, coast to coast, baby. <laughs> okay, I'll well, see you. Is there a place where we should go to get snacks? Ooh, a snack would be nice. Bernard. Uh, right, right. Sorry. Um, There's a, there's a doorway through, through that way there. Um, There's a, Password that you need to go, but it'll take you up to my chambers. There are snacks in your chambers? Well, I'm not going to go all the way down to the basement every time I need a nip of something. Okay, I guess that makes sense. You don't and keep. The password is. Bastard. Yo, what was that? That's easy enough. Sorry, I, I missed it. I didn't hear you. Ah, your friend did. Your friend did. He's got it. He's uh, fine. He's got it. He's an unreliable narrator, though. That's be, unfortunate you, for you. You might either want to tell somebody it, else. Well, either, either he's got it or you can come back into the room and ask. <laughs> Did he say Astro? You've got to be kidding me. Will, will you all please give us a moment? Yeah, that's, that's no trouble. And Solonar ambles off. Did he point back towards the lab? Or did he point the other direction? He pointed toward the other door. Got it. Okay. Upon walking up to the automaton and speaking the password, it steps aside, allowing you up a ornate brass staircase made almost entirely of like what appears to be filler. There was another automaton that just watched its one friend get beefed. Well, it was in the other room and also it's an automaton. Okay. This one is essentially a door with fists. <laughs> I love the mental image of that. Yeah. <laughs> we all need a fisting door. Oh, thank God. No. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta knock on yourself. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? It's me, Johannes. Oh, I know you. Let's get a snack. As you go up the winding staircase, you find yourself at the top room of the tower. Many of the walls have been replaced with beautiful, ornate stained glass making the moonlight that filters in beautiful. Everything on the stone floor and walls is just this glittering splash of color. You see a small box that seems to have a aura of frost surrounding it. There is also a large fireplace with a kettle on boil, and you can see a small pantry in the corner along with an armchair, a small table, and dozens and dozens and dozens of bookshelves, as well as a large ornate bed with a blue velvet bedspread and some kind of constellations embroidered into the canopy. Aw, oh, sick, he's got an icebox. And Solonar's immediately going to open that and start rummaging. So you're going to find fruits and some prepared meats. That not, appeared to have already been cut into. Not a single cold one. <laughs> well, All the mountains are red. <laughs> well, I guess now I'm looking for room temperature ones. Boat, Koza, Johannes? I'll grab some fruit. 
Okay. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Boat Boat's attitude right now is just sort of killing time until we can find out what the hell is going on. So, so what do you all think they're talking about in there? Mm, Secret prob- stuff. Probably the mysteries of the universe. The mis- well, mystery. they've both thought that the other was dead for a hundred years, so... Couple hundred. Yeah. Wait, I thought they are dead. Well, sort of. They're talking about dragons, I bet. Oh my god, they probably are talking about being dead. Wow. It's not often you get to meet somebody else who's dead. Do you think we're missing much? I don't know. Why don't oh, you yeah. turn into a ferret and go down there and find out? <laughs> oh, 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 should I? I think so. I think they're trying to have a quiet, romantic moment. But if that's the sort of thing you like eavesdropping on, yes. you know, I'm not going to stop you. Yes, always. <laughs> I, I, was gonna I, say, I, I think that actually canonically is exactly what uh, <laughs> he likes to eavesdrop on. <laughs> it's like, that, seems, that seems on brand, yes. Mm. Wait for who? <laughs> yes. For <Kosa>. Yes. <laughs> I think we literally have uh, real data saying that that's the uh, experiences that tell us that that's how that goes. Oh, I I guess I should get in there and he turns into a ferret. Koza's going to try to sneak back into the other room. All right. Roll stealth. Do I have to... And roll really high. <laughs> do, do... The DC is 48. <laughs> Does a a 14 let me sneak in there? Yes. <laughs> now, <laughs> now <laughs> let me tell you. If I do a a um a little a little perception check with my nose, what do I get? A little sniff a little sniff test? Yeah, a little sniffer check? I get. Uh, if you tell me what you're looking for, I can give you some ideas. You um, smell a strong scent of death and ghosts. <laughs> you do smell a lot of death. I'm looking for an excuse to use my abilities as a ferret. Okay. So, <laughs> Which is an advantage on a perception check that relies on hearing or smell. Okay. You are going to be able to smell death. You are also going to be able to smell the plants and fungi that are in the previous rooms. You're going to able you're going to be able to smell a somewhat sterile smell coming from the room immediately adjacent to this one. You'll also be able to smell the old paper of the books and notes on the desk. You'll also be able to smell some dust in the rug on the floor. Okay. Now, is there a comfy little tube I can crawl into? <laughs> there, there are not tubes in the space, but there are many hidey spots. Okay, uh, I'm gonna find the comfiest of those and go curl in there. Well, I bet there's, I bet there's a big comfy chair by that desk. Yeah. I don't know how like well maintained it is with lich butt, but you know. So, you're really alive. That is a little bit to um, be uh, argued. I am a ghost that lives in a rock, which lives in a sword, which is carried around by a guy. So, uh, you know, living large, as it were, or unlifing large. Could you maybe uh, avoid the, the jokes right right now? I've, I've This is... You're here. You're not there. This is... I thought I had failed. I thought you were gone. And you thought I was dead. Like, I... So, what... How long have you been... You know, I've been... I've been in Iraq, so, uh, how have, uh... You been with the whole, uh... Being kind of a mummy thing going on? But uh, it's happening right here with all this. I woke up and you were gone. Everything around us was dead and I felt awful. I wandered around and figured out what had all happened, that our friends were gone. Um, I didn't want to go see Elmaine. I knew that she had survived, but I just, I couldn't. It, it was hard not to blame her 
I know it wasn't her fault, but I just, I, I couldn't. Through my research, I learned that with what my body now was, I could not be the silver flame. So I spent the next few decades finding out where it went. I found it somewhat recently. It went into a kobold wizard. Um, I had found him and started leaving breadcrumbs, letting him use my library, letting him learn magic, letting him feel connected. I was hoping with time that he would learn what he was and would be able to help Elmaine's daughter and her friends fix what we messed up. Apparently, Emberlyn got her claws into Eek, and now he is on their side. Meaning that they have the Silver Flame. And Emberlyn is probably closer to her goal now than she ever was. Okay, um, that is a lot. What? I'm really glad you're alive. I, uh, you're, you're, you're talking about all this and, and you're saying all these things and I'm just so glad you're alive. Well, sort of. You're here. You're here and that's what matters. I... I am a sword now. But what does... What do we do now? I assume... You go where they go. Obviously, I'll do what I can to help them, but... I, I must admit, I don't really terribly want them to take you with them. There's so much I want to say to you that I've been thinking about this for centuries. I just... Now that you're here, I don't... I don't know what to say, what to do. I'm lost. Has there been a ferret here this whole time? Probably. There's a bunch of stuffed taxidermied animals around here. Why do you ask? Because it doesn't move an inch. Because <laughs> a, a roll for performance. It's holding <laughs> very still. <laughs> roll uh, to have your eye drift a little bit off center so it looks like I a got a, an eight for performance. I, I, Is I, that ferret the stupid mushroom boy? The, the, the ferret shakes its head. <laughs> stupid mushroom boy! You are all going to hear the shout of the, stupid the mushroom fairy, boy. Uh, gestures like, who? Me? <laughs> Dude, she's going to stalk over and like, she's going to try and scruff the ferret, but her hand is just going to keep going through him. Um, I'm going to roll a, that's a, um, a 10 to avoid the ghost hand. <laughs> well, this is stupid. I will go. Get our new friends, then, while you do whatever's happening here. You all are going to hear footsteps coming up the stairway before Bernard peeks his head in. Uh, are all of you uh, going to come get your friend before... I'm not sure how she would harm him, given her incorporeal form, but you should probably come get Koza before she at least mentally scars him. Well, she can infuse the blade she's attached to with shadow energy, You might not so want to remind her of that. She's... I could absolutely see her doing something else. <laughs> maybe maybe go down and get your friend to prevent yeah. that. You yeah, know yeah, just yeah. as well as I am how capable of violence she is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, did you all send him down there, or is this just an idea he had? Uh, He's very proactive. He has a long history of doing this exact thing. <laughs> This is this is a little bit of a trend for him. He's um, 
I don't I don't think it's like a voyeurism thing. I think he just wishes he could be involved in more like people's romantic scenarios. <laughs> He's a trendy boy. You know? You know, stuff's going on, you want to know what's happening. You have the ability. You're going to the, the, the love I, I, of my unlife has just been returned in an incorporeal ghost form, and I just found out why I've been a lich for the past couple hundred years. Does that catch you up to speed? I, I would Ooh. assume that there, like, if you listened outside of your window, you could probably hear people gathering torches and pitchforks, but then Koza sneaked down and it stopped them. <laughs> I'm not even processing this right now. Will you all come get your weasel friend? Yes, absolutely. And then we have much to discuss. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're going to come down and you're going to see Koza like bounding around in ferret form as Astrid chases him around, attempting to grab him despite her ghosty hands. I'm imagining this animated like a, a 60s Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> That's not terribly far off. All right, one of you... Uh, Punish the ferret. Uh, oh, don't, Koza, don't do you, that. <laughs> you rascal. How, when did you even come down here? Don't you uh, all act like you did not act, gas him up to do this. Well, uh, gas him I throw, up. I throw him an apple. Absolutely not. Certainly not, especially since we don't understand that futuristic idiom. <laughs> um, Koza, uh, Oh, Johannes has tossed you an apple. Um, uh, the ferret's gonna try to catch the apple. Have you? Nat. That's gonna knock the Nat, ferret backwards. Nat twenty. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. All right. How do you want this to go? This is the dumbest roll. Um, we always crit the dumbest rolls. So, it's our QPR guarantee. We'll <laughs> always crit the dumbest rolls. Oh, Huzzah! Dear. He he grabs a knife that happens to be nearby and cuts the the apple in twain and the two sides roll off to, the, to either side of him like, samurai oh. ferret yep. <laughs> and then goes and munches on the apples I tried to throw an apple at him but you saw what happened he's well equipped to handle projectiles he's too powerful for fruit yeah only fire because I found a splinter oh fire could work because it's found a splinter and he's now like um, using it like a toothpick. <laughs> All right. So you guys have found the uh, evil dark wizard that was training kobolds. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now we a little, got a little, a little different than we expected. So now what? I mean, well, wait, wait, wait. This tower teleports where you want to go, right? Sort of. It's not an exact science. I mean, is, is it? Is it Close? Like, relatively close? It's... That implies I have more control over where it goes. It... The mechanics that are put into it sort of have a mind of their own. I didn't find... I didn't I didn't build this tower. I found it. Okay. Oh. I wish I could find a magic tower sometime. Yeah. All you found was a house full of wasps. Uh, Koza yeah. scrolls on um, some parchment. I also wish I could find a magic tower. Oh, wow, that's the wish parchment. <laughs> I want Koza to, wa like, to ferret away into another room, change back and come back and be like, what's going on, guys? <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. I should have thought about that. <laughs> so you all are trying to get to you have the silver temple left and then the gold temple correct? Working our way up the valuation chart mm-hmm the problem is is that you might find yourself in trouble if Emberlyn gets what she wants before you do well, then we'll just have to be fast how fast do you think you can be getting through the entirety of the Boros Empire? I don't know. We could speed run the Boris Empire. Just keep hopping against a wall until you clip through. I'll damage boost my way through fighting the Emperor. Emperor Kronos is not to be taken lightly. At least from what I've been able to research. Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, can you take us to the Boris Empire? The tower won't go to the what, Boris Empire. What, does the Boris Empire have shields up or something? What's the... Well... What do you mean it won't go? Thing number one, that's entirely possible. The Boris Empire and the Kingdom of Alaria have been enemies for centuries, and Alaria is known for nothing if not magic. I wouldn't be shocked if there weren't some kind of ward around the Boris Empire, or at least in the places most likely to be useful to go. And shockingly, I'm not incredibly keen on just teleporting to some random part of a frozen wasteland filled with white dragons. I, I have a question. I'm sure you do. Um, does the, uh, the shield around the Empire, the ward, how far out to sea does it extend? I have no idea, to be perfectly frank with you. I'm not even convinced it's there. Well, maybe we could teleport to the coast or a low-lying shoal or something, and then we could just get out and you could go. Or we'll take a boat know. with us. I don't know that teleporting a building into the ocean is a good idea. Yeah, that was going especially, to be my first Especially with the phrase, it's not an exact science. What? All right. What if you teleported the tower above the Boris Empire and then we'll parachute out and then before it lands, you can teleport the tower somewhere else. Does anyone more helpful have any ideas? Look, I don't know how magic works. I'm just Then stop trying to suggest magical solutions. There's there are no bad ideas in an ideation, thank you very much. I assure you there are. We're just throwing things Oh, what's your idea? To be perfectly frank with you, I did what I thought was necessary by training the Silver Flame to make it so that you could keep Tiamat sealed and potentially fix things to get the dragons back. And then you all decided to make it so that Eek fell into the hands of the Chromatics. Whoa, 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 whoa. We did not make it so that Eek fell into the hands of Chromatics. That's, it's not like we were like, hey Eek, you know who's really cool? Chromatic priests. You should hang out with them more often. When I had Eek leave and go towards Oakmel, he was ready to go on this quest and fix this whole mess. You come back here and there is no Eek, a totally different kobold. Oh, it's Spritz. Spritz is just hanging out. Like, they're kind of doing their own thing. Spritz kind uh, of like turns, like having shoveled like a bunch of like muffins into its mouth from like into his mouth from like upstairs and just kind of turns like, I I'm, I'm just here. Yeah, we, we haven't like recruited Spritz for the holy mission or anything. We just encountered him in uh, Beacon Heath, terrorizing townsfolk, disguised as a dragon, Demanding tribute. He's got so many muffins. Yeah. I know that I should have been suspicious when you asked for illusion magic special specializations. Yeah, it was a real dragon, but from wish.com situation. <clears throat> All right. Besides, even if you wanted to go to the Boris Empire, probably wouldn't be wise to do that before you handle the Silver Temple. I don't know. If we handled the Boris Empire, I feel like coming back and doing the Silver Temple would be comparatively easy. If you want to try the Gold Temple first, you're welcome to do so, but my tower won't be able to get you there. Yeah, we won't speedrun, but we will sequence break. I'm also of the opinion that we've already got the key for one of these things, and the other key is on the head of possibly our greatest enemy. <laughs> so... You could always take his head. Crown will come with it. That sounds super simple. I'm sure no one's tried that before. It... It's no I'll dumber than float my tower above the Boris Empire so that you can all parachute down. Well, I will say parachuting tower beats the strategy of marry the emperor and steal his crown on your wedding night. And Solinar stares pointedly at Astrid. What? I thought it would work. All right. Because it gives a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the weasel thinks I did a good job. Or that I would have. Obviously, <laughs> uh, I didn't. I was going to no, say, Koza, did you, though? Koza, did you? Koza shakes his, his hand and then points at himself. And then gets Wait, a thumbs you up. That, you think that, the, the, that you as a weasel can romance the king uh, name, 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 Boris? Koza gives a little, a little shrug. 
Well, I mean, look, I thought it would work, so I don't understand why it wouldn't work for the ferret. I would imagine he probably shouldn't be a ferret, though. I don't know what the the king of the Boros Empire... Emperor of the Boros? Em- Emperor. Empire? Emperor. Prince? Well, I heard prin- he's the crown prince. prince of the empire, so however you want to do that. Look, does it matter? We want him dead. Well, it sounds like it sounds like we've got a little bit of time to get this figured it, out. It also sounds like uh, your your tower is not something that is going to be effective in aiding us traveling places very much. I don't think so. It seems to be under whatever similar thing that that weird faceless man shop is. Uh, You're talking about Moonsy? Yes. Ooh, maybe maybe Moonsy can get us to the Boris Empire. Oof, I... Oh, what if what if we got Moonsy's shop connected to the tower? Ooh. Maybe then Moonsy's shop could move wherever we wanted to. Yeah. Attached to the tower. Wait, are we Moonsy said that his shop's not on our plane. Are we in a different plane right now? Is the inside of your tower on a different plane? Is there a window nearby? Mm-hmm. Uh, going to scamper over to the window and try to open the, the, uh, what do you call it? Like, shutters. shutters yeah. All right. So you go up, you scamper up to the window and look out, and you see a forest at night stretching out from decently under the window that you're standing at. Uh, same forest as where we were? Probably. Can I use sight, or sorry, can I use smell or hearing to identify this <laughs> this, this <laughs> forest? No, but I is, will let you roll a nature check, which I believe you are proficient in. Well, that's a little fair, Is the right? forest currently on fire? Nothing is currently on fire from what you can see. Well, I'm not convinced we were there yeah. then. Does the sky have a different color as what one would expect from a different dimension or plane? It is dark and full of stars. Okay. Are the stars familiar? Roll nature. I have rolled, for that check, a dirty 20. I rolled an 18. Sorry, a a 21. The stars look familiar, but a little bit further north than you would think you were. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so we're a little bit further north than we thought we were. Hmm. Is the front door in this room? No, No, that's like way down. That's right. Did we bring the animals inside? I forget. You put them in the um. You put them in the lobby. lobby. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. Um, Because you guys thought I was going to pull some nonsense. Which is we laid a tarp down. Is there a map? I don't know. Sounds like there is some nonsense going on. Do you have a map? (laughs) Is there? Yeah. Is there a map around here so I can try to figure out where we are based on the stars? There might be in that, like, you know, astrological room that you're in. Yeah, I'll go back there. All right. I forgot about that room. All right. You're able to find a basic map, but it's going to be of the overall continents. Not terribly specific. Okay. Well, I mean, the last time I fooled with that astrolabe, uh, I believe that I did discern that it was sort of a, a map based on stars, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So I go back to that and I look for a star configuration similar to what I saw outside the window. When you left, you were much closer to Beacon Heath. Right. You are now significantly further north and a little bit to the west, closer to the town of Blue. Okay. Blue. <laughs> Blorp. All right, everybody. So it seems like since we arrived in the tower, we have moved northwest to blue. I knew it was a good idea to bring the card in the tower. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, this tower uh, was going to do some funny business to us otherwise. By the way, Bernard, there is a collection of animals currently on the ground floor of your tower. Uh... If they've made a mess or anything, we'll 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 clean that up before we go. As long as you clean it up and they don't damage anything precious. Cut to <laughs> down there and like everything's broken and the books are being chewed on and like Cole has decided that he's gonna go full like Lord of the Flies war paint and holding a spear. Eighty percent of the damage that's been done has been done by snuffles, and the other twenty percent is the other animals being like, I mean, 
we probably should. We don't want Snuffles to feel like she's the only one. Yeah, the rest of it is is uh, all the animals being like, well, Snuffles has somehow managed to build a shack out of meat, so. <laughs> I wasn't even meat around here. Where did she get that? <laughs> Always impressive. It really is. Snuffles has been reaching into the meat dimension this whole time. <laughs> oh, God, that probably Whoa. exists. It's my nightmare. It smells very irony. Maybe we should get out here before we're taken much further away or to like uh, an, a different yeah. continent or something. Yeah. Out of curiosity, does your tower sometimes travel to like to lair? Uh, yes, it has before. Yeah, there was some guy hunting you in lair. Well, how fortunate for me that I never stay in one place then. How, how often does your tower move? I don't leave it very often. I wouldn't be able to tell you. All right. Um, Shockingly, this, uh, he gestures towards his, like, lichified face. Sort of scares the locals if I leave. Oh, could you, could you, uh, describe that face for us real quick? I mean, I can see it, but I just want, I just want to hear a description. <laughs> From the voice in the sky? Yeah. Bernard's face was once handsome with particularly pointed features and pretty prominent cheekbones. His skin was a really bright red that you would sort of associate with tieflings, and he wore gold spectacles on his face. Now that he has been lichified, the fat and moisture in his skin has sort of dissolved sinking in his cheeks significantly, making the dark circles under his eyes incredibly prominent and giving his appearance that his skin looks like vellum at this point. Red vellum. Yeah, I can see how you wouldn't want to go outside when people are trying to haunt you because you might possibly be an easy person to identify. That's the horns. You could, you could use horns. a good moisturization routine. That Yo, will not help undeath. Well, maybe some collagen to fill fill out some of those depressions. People say it won't help undeath all the time, but that's just another excuse why men won't moisturize their skin properly. Look, you hear me? Use some moisturizers on your skin. Lotion, it's important. Here's a thought. Here's a thought. Just talking about, you know, litching and stuff. What, uh... You know, you got these robots around here. Is there any way you could maybe put Astrid's gem or the whole sword into a robot so Astrid could have a body again? Excuse me, the whole sword? That's my sword. Well, uh, you know, um, I, I mean, I don't want to get into the ethics of it, but it seems like you're keeping a, a sentient creature captive, even if they are dead. I am not keeping a sentient creep creature any kind of anything. The, there was a prophecy. The prophecy involved a gem going into my sword, and that apparently has given Astrid a small measure of freedom, which I have appreciated and she has appreciated. Uh, ideally, ideally, we could remove the gem from my sword safely, and Astrid could manifest inside something more mobile. That's why I said that first. I just didn't like the sound of you volunteering my sword. I think her individual liberty is more important than your personal property. Well, another one of these discussions again. I'm going to go grab more crackers. <laughs> so Solonar, could I, um, could I ask you something? Yes. Well, we generally get along, right? Yeah. yeah, I'd say we get along pretty well. And generally, you would consider us friends, right? Sure, yeah. I've done a lot of good for this mission, after all, right? I'd say so. Could I stay? I... I don't... <laughs> have an issue with you staying. I know uh, that's not what I'm asking. Solonar, like, desperation on his face looks at Bernard and is like, I mean, you you know the magic around the gem better than I would imagine anybody, given that you're the one who cast it. Uh, she, 
she's sort of fused to the sword right now. Is it is it possible to move her? Not like not like out of the gem, but like move the gem. Not in a way that I would know safely. I, if I had time, if I could work with it, maybe. But I'm not willing to risk the soul severance. What? What kind of time do you need? Months, years, maybe. Uh, <laughs> what is time to a lich? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I—that's uh, the—that's the very. I don't know that I've told everybody this, but that sword is the very first thing I bought after the very first successful job I was on. So wait. So, the purchase of the sword, if I follow this story correctly, was possible due to a successful theft. Well, yeah. Me being alive right now is due to several successful thefts. That, it seems to me that maybe you could even up that ledger a little bit if you let the sword stay here for Bernard to try to figure some stuff out. Solonar narrows his eyes at boat. I will buy you another sword. It's not a matter of not having a sword. It's a matter of not having my sword. Is your sword, is you having your sword more important than a thinking, living, but not living, not breathing person a chance at happiness or their own liberty doing what they want to do? No, Boat. At the end of the day, no, it is not. Johannes walks down uh, with the crackers and some cheese, and then he sees what's going on, and he turns back around. And he's like, still going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, it sounds like what you're saying to me is that you, you having this particular thing is more important than Astrid having the freedom to choose what she wants to do. That is not, in fact, at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that this particular thing holds a great deal of meaning and value to me on a memory and emotion level. Well, all right, let's look at it as more of a long-term problem, right? Like, what's your average life expectancy? Oh, I'm I'm half-elven, so... Ballpark it. uh, 150? 200 years? Okay, so Bernard is saying that it might take months or maybe a few years to figure out how to do this. So there's nothing to say that you not having the sword while he figures that out wouldn't be just sort of a blip in your existence. There's everything to say about me needing to learn the balance of a different sword in the middle of one of the most dangerous scenarios we've found ourselves in. I mean, okay, but... Do you think Having, do you, do you think that that is again more important than Astrid being able to choose after being through so much and finding some measure of comfort? Koza turns back into a person. Um, I I agree with with Gravy here. I, I believe you could easily learn a new sword, but. And I, I don't really think this sword is yours anymore. It, it has a person in it. it. It is a person. The sword is a person. It's, it's not your sword. Look. End of the day. If it's going to take months or uh, possibly even years for me to get attention back, but Astrid to be transferred safely into something else. That's, I'm fine with that. I was not trying to say that I would be unwilling to do this. What I am trying to say is that the way you all are talking about it is like, oh, it's just a sword, man. Like, just let the sword go. But like, it's not just a sword. And I understand that Astrid is in that sword now, and that I would like Astrid to not be in that sword so that it can go back to being my sword. So 
the short of it is yes, it's it's fine. I'm not thrilled about it, but I it would be even less thrilled dragging you in captivity essentially along for the rest of our journey. Uh he looks at he looks at attention on the table and he pulls the wrapped rapier from his back that was previously Astrid's and he's like would you be okay with me using your sword for a little while well we figure out your situation where you're at if it means I can stay of course that blade is an heirloom of the Shireen family it will do well it did well for me until I died well, you've seen how well I treat my swords, so you don't need to worry about it being in a bad situation or position. Bernard kind of, like, looks at Astrid, then looks at you, then looks back at Astrid. So, you're saying that you will lend us the sword for now? Yes. And mm. if it ends up being the case that there is no safe way to remove Astrid from attention I will not be thrilled about it again but it's I'm willing to accept that possibility in a swift single movement Solinar you find yourself wrapped in a hug a tight one oh it's up. You're welcome. Bernard pulls back, holding your shoulders. Thank you. Truly. is a co-production of Alpha Comics and Games with Goblins and Growlers. Our audio production and all original music composition is provided by Gabriel Perez. He can be found at Amethyst Audiomancer on Instagram. The voice of Alita and our DM for the podcast is Alex Smith. She can be found at Alpha Comic Games on Twitter. The voice of Charles Gravyboat Barnes is Brandon Dingus. He can be found at Way of Brandalore on Twitter. The voice of Eek and Koza are Chapman Adams. He can be found at What Are Birds on Instagram. The voice of Johannes is Alan. He can be found at The Dungeon Meowster on Instagram. And finally, the voice of Solinar is me, Josh Maltby, and I can be found at Black Cloak DM on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. I do think, uh, and and Gabe, you can absolutely leave this in because I guarantee I'll get back up on this. If we have this whole scene without the two characters really talking to each other, the audience will riot in the streets. It's a semi-automatic <laughs> Chekhov's gun. This is a Chekhov's arsenal. Chekhov's tactical nuke. <laughs>